0: Well, this true crime series pissed me off. Today I'm talking about Jimmy Savile, A British Horror Story. This is got Up Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast, and today I am talking about Jimmy Savile, A British Horror Story. This is a recent documentary series that was added to Netflix and was at least somewhat advertised uh, because it just because it's one of the most infamous uh, incidents in kind of British celebrity culture history, so... Yeah, that's about all I'm going to get into in the intro, but I had a very negative reaction to this series which I watched recently and I wanted to explain why. So without further ado, let's get started. One of the frustrating things about the boom of true crime and documentary series isn't that the medium is getting bigger. Generally, I think that it's a good thing that people want to watch films and series to learn things. However, in a rush to put out new content, there can be another problem, quality control. Sometimes it means that a directionless series becomes a phenomenon before the general public gets wise or loses interest. Looking at you, Tiger King. Or in today's case, a film that should be more about the crimes of its subject gets lost in how he was able to pull the wool over everyone's eyes. For decades, Jimmy Savile was a staple of British culture as a beloved DJ, TV presenter, host, and charity worker. However, after his passing, a terrifying wave of abuse allegations from men and women ages 6 to 75 came to light, and suitably killed his image as a sainted figure. But how was he able to keep this under wraps until his death? This series pissed me off. I'm not going to dance around my general opinion, because I spent over two hours watching this and got more and more mad the longer it went on. I think this is a bad way to do a true crime series, and does not do the victims of its subject ju- justice. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but I'll try to highlight a couple. First, we have structure. You can tell a lot about a, a documentary's intent from its structure, how long it is, if it's a series, how it's divided up into episodes, and how much time is spent on each subject. When I started watching this series, which is generous considering the series is two episodes over an hour long, it's basically just a feature film, I thought I had a strong idea of what was going to happen. The first episode would be dedicated to explaining who Jimmy Savile was, why he was famous and important, and, and... Around Britain before, realizing his cr- before revealing his crimes in the second episode in detail, but that's not really what happens. There are persistent references to his crimes and people who investigated him without getting answers or didn't have things properly investigated in the first place. But the amount of time spent on victims' stories and how all of this celebrity fed into Saville's ability to prosecute to avoid prosecution feels like window dressing. The series keeps dancing around Savile's crimes in veiled terms and references, or in part, until no joke, the final t- 15 to 20 minutes of a 150 minute series. I think I know what the series is going for. It wants the audience to feel what the British public did. However, this doesn't give the victims their due, and instead makes the series feel like a documentary about Jimmy Savile, which she obviously didn't need. Also, where's the anger and blame? One of the great things about true crime is that it can be used to challenge power. You're challenging society and the criminal justice system and telling them they need to be better, especially when you're dealing with an abuser who had hundreds of victims and died peacefully at home. And that's barely there in this series. There's some talk about Savile's celebrity and charity work being a smokescreen for red flags, and a number of his comments, in older years in particular, are chilling. But that's not nearly enough. For giant instance, the film makes a point of showing that Savile was friends and friendly with Margaret Thatcher when she was pr- prime minister, and the royal family, including Princess Diana. So maybe, just maybe, a bunch of people looked the other way or thought they wouldn't be believed if the prime minister of the nation and the crown both hailed this main a- man as a saint. Maybe that would influence how the police looked at things, and maybe why the BBC might kill a story other than covering their own ass. It was staggering that this was was barely covered as a possible reason for how or why Savile was able to get away with all of this, instead of all the focus was that these important people liked him because of his charity work. And considering how rough British tabloids are, I'd expect something about that as well. Isn't it almost more suspicious if the tabloids never had anything nasty to say about a public figure like this, who portrays himself as a ladies' man without a single partner going public? Isn't that fucking weird? Also, it kind of avoids how abusers hide. Another thing the film hints at, but truly fails to dive into, is how abusers hide in plain sight. There are people directly affected by his charity work that are interviewed, and can't seem to rectify with what Saville did, which is the fucking point. Abusers like Saville put themselves in the spotlight as charitable, good people specifically to throw off the scent, or tragically in this case, get themselves access to vulnerable people. And if people ask questions, hell, he's so nice and raised so much money for us. It's in their best interest to ignore any sign of trouble. We also have his involvement with the Catholic Church, which is somehow only brought up to show that he was a public Catholic in England and was deified by the church, with little to no mention of how linked or intertwined this is with that organization. It is staggering how little thought and probing questions seem to go into this series, and it left me feeling disgusted